0: There's a canopy of His presence here today. And we that are under it are being transformed. When He said that, I looked up and I saw that I'd never noticed that before. But Alpha, the sign of Alpha. The beginning. My mind quickly went back to the garden. Canopy, the glory, the presence. How that we could be walked with God, fellowship with God, got revelation from God, had this deep relationship with God. It was the beginning of everything. And yet, there he was getting the beginning of understanding and all that could be and all the possibilities under that canopy of grace and fellowship and relationship with God. It stirred me Bishop when you, you said that. I just my I mean I saw and I really never noticed that before. And suddenly I saw the Alpha the Alpha the Omega. The beginning and the end. And when individuals were being ministered to the uh, I kept thinking about that same thing. He's the alpha, he's the beginning. One young lady that came up, Bishop touched her chin. The word of the Lord says, I'm the lifter of, of the head. And lifting up of the head, if you will begin to praise and ador- uh, give adoration to God, the lifting up of the head, suddenly all kinds of possibilities will begin to go into you. Sitting back there, all kinds of possibilities. There will be a sense of thankfulness and joy Grace working your life that you've not known before. The sister that came and prayed for her husband. I heard, and, and matter of fact, right after that, well, right after the spirit of the Lord moved in my heart, I heard Pastor praying for her husband about uh, about a breeze or a wind, because the Lord had just spoke to me about the storm and that He would bring and that He would cause you to be like the flute wind that would calm. And bring grace. And your mind would be upon the things of God. And you'd be giving praise to God. And there'd be an atmosphere. And suddenly the storm wind would cease being. And there would be the breeze of the Spirit of God that plays the instrument. And gives grace and glory to God. This is what God's doing. We're under the canopy. Amen. We're under the canopy. Amen. Amen. And the heart. Beating the wonder about the heart. And the Lord says to me, Even as David said, Wherewith all this young man cleanses ways? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might sin against God. And God said, Thy word I'm putting in your heart that you might not have any fear or anxiety. And in the responding of what God is doing, there's going to be healing and grace working in And the sister that came, the first one came and uh, worshiping the Lord and adoring the Lord under the canopy. God's going to speak to you possibilities and grace and you're going to, you're going to believe it so much that you're going to say to the body, I'm going to do this and in the process, God is going to bring healing and grace within. Zachary, there is the working of the hands. God says that there's going to be the forming, I mean, I will see right now, there is the, the forming of something in the hands because you're, you're a skilled uh, person, you're an artist, but you see in mind, but God says, no, I'm gonna put something in your hands because you're anointing these vessels and people will see in the artistry that will get their attention but there will be something in that will bring transformation, it will be jewels it will be, it will be artists that brings a, a sense of spirituality and grace working in and there will be this, this essence of uh, understanding, you'll see it you know that you've got to do it and, and even when you're forming it's like God saying I'm forming, I'm forming I'm forming the young man, the man that was, came up and we prayed for, I didn't catch his name over here in the sweater, the foundational groups and the things of God that's speaking, that uh, putting in, uh, you have a great love for teaching and relationship and, and uh, desiring to communicate what God is wanting in people's hearts. There is this foundational thing that is going to be, you, that you're going to get greatest, your greatest joy will know that you've laid the proper foundation and that you communicating the foundation of the grace of God in individuals' lives. And in that, the thing, and every one of them, every one of them were facing a challenge. And the Lord spoke to me and said, because when I raise up leaders, when I raise up individuals, they're going to lead the way the enemy puts the, the crosshairs on their back. He's got to try to bring something, and that's why they face one thing after another because they go through one crisis, and they get victory and they face another because the enemy said, No, i love try to get them to believe that they can't do it. They can't do it, but you're under the canopy. Bishop did this morning. You're under the canopy. Amen. You're under the altar, the beginning. Amen. The beginning. Amen. It's beginning. It's always new. It's like creation, grace, and glory taking place. I just felt something powerful this morning. Thank you, Bishop, for allowing me here. In the songs all oh, you sing out of psalms 115 uh, just not unto us amen there's uh, I, I can't uh, it's been so long since i uh, uh, looked at the uh, the latin of that but i think it's non nobis domine to the glory not unto us but unto thee be all glory amen just the power amen the power power of his grace I want to talk today, just for a few minutes, maybe. <laughs> the, uh, now this, I know my wife is the. Uh, she she told on me in in the fellowship room there just recently. The uh, that uh, they were having nursery upstairs at our church, and I I don't minister there probably maybe once a month or something like that because, uh, you know, Pastor Bow is pastor now. And the. Uh, but uh, we have a little little girl who's part of the nursery, I guess, anyway, the class up there. And uh, uh, they said something, oh, the time's running out. And, and uh, uh, I think she said, well, who's, who, or someone said, well, who's ministering? And someone said, well, Bishop. And she said, that's okay. Yeah, we got time. <laughs> and something like that. So I'll try not to be too long. But I want to talk today about the best and final gift of the gospel the best and final gift of the gospel. Now I know immediately we go and we know that the best gift is Jesus. And and He is the gospel. Amen. He is the good news that brought everything into being. The, uh, but the best and final gift of the gospel includes something in that. And it actually... Uh, We'll be looking in, in Psalms uh, 27. Now, I'll be quoting mainly from uh, the ESV because it's my new Bible, but it's too big to carry around. The, uh, so I'm reading out of, uh, out of the King James, amen, So uh, as a text. But Psalms 27, and we'll go with verses 1 through 5. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumble and fell. Stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. Verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble, He shall hide me in His pavilion. Under his canopy. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon, up upon a rock. He shall set me up upon a rock. Father, for the next few minutes, I seek that, Lord, that only your word will be communicated that only what you once said will be said and that your name will be glorified in all that is said and done this church here is precious in your sight so I pray Father that you will help me that I do no wrong or injustice to your word or to your people minister to each one I pray in Jesus name Amen and I want to say also it's so good to see grace and uh, I, agree, I bring you greetings from Palawan. <laughs> Amen. And we will be back over, Lord willing, in April. The, uh, and thank you for being When I heard that you were coming here, I was so thrilled. I just, it just touched my heart. And uh, uh, the, when I, I went to uh, Palawan in, uh, in the Philippines in uh, 1997, and uh, I met her family and uh, along with uh, uh pastor jonathan and uh, i think at that time we might have been meeting in bato bato and uh, the uh, before we came up to princess Orduha and the, with the school and uh, i had black hair amen the uh, uh yeah i was uh you know 97 i still had black hair just a, uh, <laughs> pastor Bo looked like a little boy I mean, he put a cap on him and looked like he was a teenager. The, uh, and, uh, but, uh, so we've been going over there since, ever since 1997. And so it's so good to see you. And uh, uh, the weather's a little different here, isn't it? Amen? Just a little different. As we look at today's world, it's not difficult to see that much of it is in a state of flux whereby historically held uh, standards are becoming increasingly fluid. Things that uh, used to be concrete and solid now seem to be just fluid, and it's, uh, there's not strength and stability. The facts are that the West, in particular spearheaded fantastic achievements and uh, uh, things uh, They they've They've touched uh, every strata of society in some capacity, including freedom and even the dignity of all people groups. It's the West that's really brought most of that about and has brought that into being. And uh, we are uh, we're blessed because of that, but now we are being inundated with spurious uh, uh, substitutes of what I call pseudo-authentic. The, uh, it, uh, it appears to be authentic, but it is not quite authentic. And so we're seeing these things take place. We're seeing it From the idea of where do we find places or people or institutions where we can find uh, truth and uh, stability and uh, things that are consistently right. I mean, just where we we can believe something. But now we, even in the areas of news, we're hearing about fake news. Amen. We're hearing about uh, 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 deals and stuff or all kinds of stuff going on. We're finding the struggle of... uh, the faith that was once delivered to the saints in many areas, and, and uh, now it's uh, fluid because now there's not the standard of living, or uh, we can't even decide what is, uh, uh, what is right, to, the right attitude to, to have toward uh, 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 children, and or uh, the unborn, and stuff like that. We're seeing all these things take place in the world of politics We're seeing radically uh, uh, failed and flawed systems that are finding their way back into popularity again. That a a couple of generations ago were, were notoriously cruel and doing terrible things. And now because we're seeing these atrocities the possibilities of them rising up again but many of our young people have no idea what they are and they're assuming something as my wife said that they're assuming things so they're bringing up these old failed ideologies and they're putting them forth and wanting to force them upon individuals and upon society that's around us but they don't know what they did they don't know how they exterminated people and how they were ruthless and cruel and yet we're seeing these things, possibilities come up again and that in the world of journalism truth is being pummeled <laughs> a man uh, with falsehoods, yellow journalism now seems to be the norm and that uh, we're seeing ideological lynchings take place with uh, individuals that are because of whatever might be a, a, a difference that individuals have and then the, the, the journalism is attacking and saying all kinds of things about them In the world of academia, scholarship is being sacrificed on the altars of what I call palmic uh, uh, ideologies. They're the the extremes, turning universities into cauldrons of uh, of uh, festering anarchy. Amen. They're just uh, they're uh, uh, very angry and destroying the very meaning. They, they won't. Want, they don't want to listen to opposing views or considerations and seeing what is uh, because they're public They're at extreme sides there, so they're losing the idea that universities were supposed to be university. Amen. Unity in diversity that they would come together and they would be the, the joining together and somehow we could see the unity there and we could see it wouldn't be just flat once one thing. It would have dimensions to it and we could see the value of all these things and, uh, and, and walk our way through with reasonable uh, concepts to come out to find what would be peace and what would bring uh, help and strength to individuals. We're seeing these things take place. Good is being attacked as evil. While the most evil of all human actions, like the killing of the most vulnerable, are being taught it as a social enlightenment and humanitarianism. All this is happening, at least in America, and maybe the West, as we boast of mega church popularity. That we are seeing that these things are... You know the and we've seen star-studded conferences with just so many of them, and we're just, we just would say, "Wow!" And what about these pulsating concerts that are just? I mean, their talents and abilities are amazing. We're seeing these things take place, yet we're seeing the absence of the influence of the world on the world around us. So we ask the question: How can this be? when we have the good news, the gift of life, the wisdom of God, all wrapped up in Jesus Christ. Now I don't pretend, and I can't go into every possibility of that today, but I I don't have all the answers, but I believe God has revealed to me some uh, endemic reasons for the the malaise that we are feeling as a society, which I, I think includes the anemic, uh, anemic witness, the Christian witness that we're seeing around the world right now in spite of our megachurch man- mania. Because we want, we want the large, we want the awesome, and we want the shock factors. And we think if we have those that somehow we have achieved. It's because there we've stood out. And we push those things. So whether it be the megachurch mania, a man told me years ago uh, he would do anything, whatever he had to do to grow his church. He would do it if it was uh, uh, serve hamburgers every every uh, Sunday. He would do that. And uh, uh, the anyway, when I and I was actually there interviewing him and trying to find out how to, because I was, I was just starting to pastor a church. I walked out of there feeling as, feeling as though that I, would, I was covered with something. It wasn't good. Because I never heard once about the anointing, about the power and the glory of God. And I got back to my wife and I said, hey, if that's what's required, I don't think I can do it. I just don't think I could do it. I just don't think I, as Bishop said, the this, this sense of keeping the altar clean and right. It needed to be something that uh, God is going to be honored in. So maybe, maybe the, my, the way I'm feeling, the way I am, it just wouldn't work. And, uh, but having the presence of God there does it all. But he, he told me a few other things that was all based on manipulation and, and how to get things done. And I went out of there feeling bad. First of all, far too many have perceived God is a currency to buy idols instead of the ultimate treasure of joy, splendor and fulfillment. Is God the currency to buy your idol? The thing that you want, the thing that you that is your ultimate, is he only the means? is He the currency for your idol? the thing that you would put up there between you and God. Some people, if, if it got right down to the nitty gritty, if they could have peace, if they could have joy, if they could have notoriety, if they could have health, and didn't have to have Jesus. If heaven could be just based on those things alone, that it was my health or my wealth or my pleasure or my security. All the things that, may, that are not intrinsically wrong. None of them are wrong. But when they become so important to us and they become the idol that we want, is then we do we use God and His Word to buy our idols. Wow. Wow. That He's the source and I fear that that's far too many have perceived God on that basis instead of the ultimate treasure He's the joy He's the splendor He's the fulfillment that is Him alone Amen He alone that, that I look to Him, you see, I can go and look at the, the Grand Canyon and I can be amazed and sit there and wonder about it and, uh, and contemplate all the things of beauty that's all there. But I know that that's not that... Do But is that all that God is for me? The, the momentary splendor, the momentary wonder, the, the contemplation about Him? Or is He my joy? He, the splendor that I gaze at. Amen. That's that, that a locked gaze. That's what the psalmist, I'll get to that in a moment, but there's a locked gaze at the, to look upon. Amen. To look upon uh, this beauty. Amen. To uh, recognize the beauty of holiness and the, this relationship. But is it nothing more than, than just uh, consideration? Is he nothing more than as a currency? He is. You see, it. it We can get into real difficulty as a currency. He is, but the means of acquisition, the means of getting, and not the center of all things. Yet the Bible is replete with this wonderful news that God is the all-satisfying. He's all-satisfying love. Amen. He's all-satisfying love. He is wisdom and beauty amen he is and one of the things I learned about the, the, the Hebrew language that, that I love is that there there are like three levels to it there is the the, 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 uh, the letter but the letter has actually got a, it's got a, got, a, got a name amen and then there's a symbol that represents that sword. and uh, then there's another and all of them jive together they come together so as they're making a sentence they'll be saying this as you put you put a couple words together to make another word and suddenly it's giving a message out of it and there's a symbol revealing it I mean it just blows your mind yeah. that it would, God would be so intrinsic Amen. so involved in bringing it and love one of the things I learned about the, the idea of love in the Hebrew, and even the, the word speaking forth is, that is giving. Now, my church has heard me been saying this for years, but you can love without giving, but you can, uh, you can, rather you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Right. And you have to give. There's something in you that causes you to give. But in the Hebrew, the giving, the love giving... is is the idea of giving it's like God giving it is God giving there's a sense of God in that in the giving and the reason if you look at the words and the symbols and all that is that he's making you like him that the influence of his love will make you like him Man, I almost got up and danced. I thought, wow, praise God, that the possibilities that that when we are giving out of love and we're giving with such deep love that there's something uh, divine coming out of us. There's something that is, touched, uh, that is touched to the heavens and it's coming in and it's uh, touching individuals and transforming them. Love has that power to transform. And what it doing, it's making us like the one that loved us, amen, that brought that deep love within inside of us. I mean, it's powerful stuff yeah. that he is satisfying love. He is wisdom. Amen. He is beauty. He is the grid that all other human experiences, attainments, and joys must flow through if we're to become truly fulfilled persons as we were to be created for. It's like understanding and getting back to the plan, the design. What did God have in mind? When he had it, when he had us in mind, Amen. What did he really have in mind? But the fullness of that—what were we to be? We were designed for participation in the divine nature. Second Peter one and four. We are—I mean, we are made to participate. It wasn't made just to consider. We were to participate in the divine nature, partakers of, it says, partakers of the divine nature. And so we're partaking of, why, because he's giving it. It's available to us, it was part of the design. And so we participate, we partake of, and we start participating in that divine nature, which has a whole other way of, I mean, it just turns turns our world upside down, turns it upright, probably all that the divine nature entails then is coming into us we participating in all all that the divine nature entails now listen to me what it must include and manifest bringing heaven and earth together the whole idea the whole idea was that heaven and earth would be in communication and relationship. Not be it merely considering, not merely looking toward one another or considering the possibilities, but there would be this union and fusion. There would be this union of coming together of the divine nature of God with mankind in fellowship, but there would be heaven and earth. They would be participating together. We get good glimpses of it all through the scriptures. Amen. Jacob laying his head on the rock and dreaming of a of a ladder going up into heaven. Angels ascending and descending. And Jesus saying this almost the same thing to uh, wasn't Nathaniel, I saw you under the fig tree. He said, Wow, that's amazing. You must be the Christ. He said, You hang with me a little while. You're going to see more than that. You'll see them, a a son of man ascending and descending. A man in the same relationship. There's going to be this communications going on, and it just and it and it just blew their mind that he would was bringing about some of these truths of God's word. So we're we're seeing this coming together, whereby now here's whereby our sonship, our sonship. Is, and that word sonship, and I'll get it in just a moment, includes being a vessel of God's wisdom and glory. What was Adam getting on in the, when he walked in fellowship? Well, he was getting God's wisdom. Amen. He was participating in God's glory. He was, he was to be going and receiving from God uh, uh, sacramentally. I know that in some areas the word sacrament is kind of a fearful word, but the word—it's the idea of getting that there's something actually. We're not just doing an ordinance. An ordinance can be a law or something we are doing, and can represent something. But the sacrament is that there's a grace underneath this. So when you come and get baptized, you're just you're getting more than wet. Amen. There's something taking place in there. There's a there's a circumcision of heart. There's something happening. When you see Holy Communion, you're you're, you're doing more than just maybe considering. uh, uh let's do this. Or you know, uh, uh, years ago we went on a vacation and had. Uh, Uh, Noah, a little grandson with us, and uh, Noah's little fella, and we couldn't, we didn't know. Whenever we're gone like this, we may not know, but whatever the uh, where to go. So, if the church is closest to us, Amen. If I can't find one, the Spirit filled in the in the book. I'll just uh, see which one's closest. So, there was a little mission down there, and and uh, I'm trying to think where we were at, but South Carolina somewhere, and it was a little tiny mission. It happened to be an Anglican uh, mission the old kind. They had a guy standing there. He looked like Boris Karloff when you went in. I don't know if you, some of the older ones you remember that. And he had this deep voice and he's in this black uh, uh, cassock and he's standing there and everybody looked around. and it was, uh, But it was a mission. It was, it was a storefront. Actually, it was a storefront that they were doing. And all of them, but the old guy, the old priest that was there, he had memorized the whole thing. He never looked at the prayer book one time he never the, He just started quoting all this stuff and uh, i mean i was amazed i thought this guy's been in a long time so then they invited us which i was kind of uh, shocked that they invited us to come and receive communion with them and so we went up there to receive communion and and we're standing there and he served little noah and they gave him a little wafer you know the body of christ and uh, noah put it in his mouth dry Put in his pocket. (laughs) Amen. And we walked all off. Amen. The uh, but but so it won't be. You see, some Noah had no idea what that was. He didn't know what that was, but as he come to understand and have a relationship with the Lord and understand what communion is supposed to be, that there's a grace in this. Amen? There's something taking place. There's not only covenants made and and things all those wonderful things, but there is a grace given. There's a life given. There's Jesus said it, a power, except you eat of my body and drink of my blood, you have no life. So whatever that that essence that he's emphasizing there is, that it's uh, something that we can't get in the other graces, that other means of grace that we go through there's something powerful taking place so that the sacraments can be and then there's a, a lot of sacramental things that we do amen because we're not only representing something we're revealing something we're entering into something holy matrimony things like this just suddenly there's something involved in that and so we we are participating in vessels of God's wisdom and glory as sons well, we see in John chapter 1 and verse 12 the Bible says as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And the word there is technon and while I was looking this up, because there are two main uh, words used for son in the Greek, and uh, and I'll touch on both of them, but this one, uh, starting out, I thought, wow, that's really good. So what does it mean, that giving us the power to become the sons of God? One of the meanings that I ran across was an, inherita- an inheritable child. So most translations, uh, like the ESV, will say child, but it's emphasizing that the child is... In the position of inheritance, it's an inheritable child, it's a child that can now inherit. And he, but it says he's given us the power to become sons, inheritable child. So we're, so it's like there's levels of this sonship or this relationship that's, that's involved there. And so then we, 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 if you read on through, and you, we know on the day of Pentecost, there was a. A sound coming from heaven, Amen. It fills the house where they're sitting, and it fills all the believers there with the with the tongues of fire. They speak in tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance, Amen. They're, they're speaking at utterances that God's given. It's speaking, and they're hearing this in their own language. So, but what are they hearing, Amen? They're hearing something that pertains to God. We know as we read through the Book of Acts that, that there's even more over there that says they were they were t- declaring the. Mighty the acts of God, amen so here they're hearing these individuals speak about the mighty acts of God in their own language and the, the, the language that goes down into their core amen, into their being and they don't have to translate it, they don't have to try to manipulate it around to see now what does that really mean, but it's their native language, it's the language of their soul, it's the core language of their being and it speaks to them it's this taking place but it was from the sound of heaven filling their house where they were sitting. Romans 8, 14 says, or, yeah, 14 says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. But it's a different word. It's the huios. Uh, and it's, uh, if you see it in, in the English, it would be spelled H-U-I-O-S. But it's actually pronounced like H-W-E-E-O-S. And it's, the, it's, the, it's unique here because it is a son sharing the same nature as the father. It's a son that has come up from being an inheritable son because an inheritable son doesn't really differ any as a servant. Amen. So the inheritable son can be like a slave, actually. Amen. Or a servant in the house. Amen. And so the servant tells the inheritable son what to do. Amen. Because the inheritable son of the sonship of that point is growing and developing. But here is different. No, this one is one that has matured some, has come up some, and is maturing and developing. And now is, is, is moving forward on the inheritance. Amen. There's an authority in him. Now, there's an anointing in him, there's a place, but there's a recognition. He walks down the street, and they know that's the, 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 the Lord's Son that's there, amen. The one that is all uh, uh, has all the power now is that's the Lord's Son. He is, but more importantly, and this can also take into consideration even an adopted son, but the emphasis is that he shares. The nature. I thought that amazing. That's not my words. I was you know, just looking into the words there to see what that there's one that shared the nature of the Father. Verse 19 then tells us creation waits with legal, eager longing for the revealing or the manifestation of the huias The maturing sons the sons that have had the nature of their father amen that are, that are moving out and this one that's related in Galatians chapter 4 I know I'm going quick if you take notes just try to write down you can look at it later but uh, chapter 4 verses 6 through 7 assures us because we are sons here God has sent forth His son, the, the spirit of his son here we amen the one that is coming now the nature coming to us that are also responding to the nature of God Amen and uh, the, his son into our hearts and listen crying Abba Father now we can we can gloss over that and say, well, you know, God is saying we can that we come up and we're you know it's like Daddy and and uh, you know just uh, uh, we can come and we can sit on His lap and it's a friendly kind. A, but no, this is much more than that. This is the cry. This is the desire, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. It's the desire. With the union in. Amen. It's not just a consideration to sit on his lap. Yes, but Amen. Okay, yeah, that's probably for a kindergarten, but when we're growing up, Amen, we're growing up, we're crying out, Abba, Father. Jesus said, I do nothing except I see the Father do it. Amen. The Father works over here and I over here. Amen. He does this and I do that. He's walking in the anointing into in the power and the glory of God. The Father says this person can be laid and raise everybody from the dead. But the Father says that person's getting up today. And Jesus goes over and says to that person, Rise. Amen. That he sees the Father do it, and he does it. There is this this relationship that's going on there. This Abba, Father. The speaking, this cry, not as a servant, but as a son. Huias an heir of God through Christ. Believing on Jesus, we have the power or right to become technon, inheritable children of God. In pursuing and being led by His presence, Spirit, amen, our sonship is starting to manifest. And what does it do? It impacts creation's eager longings. It impacts creation's eager longings. For creation is groaning and travailing and longing and waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Amen. It starts impacting in the garden, under the canopy, in the beginning. A son is walking. Son is fellowshipping. The sun is moving in authority. All worship is then brought to the sun to lead all of creation into worship and adoration. Amen. They can't, creation can't respond effectively. Yes, the heavens declare his glory, all that, but there is a there's a structure. There's a structure. There's a structure of worship. That brings glory to God. Now, hear me. Keep that thought in mind. There's a structure, there's a divine structure of where we, we touched it this morning. Amen. The singing, the worship and suddenly we I felt it. Man, there was, uh, some call it goosebump, but no goose was involved in that. There was just, there was uh, the hair standing up. It was just something powerful going on. I started weeping before the Lord. I was in the presence of God. I'd been lifting up and suddenly heaven and earth had come together. Amen. There was this touching together that what really we was supposed to be doing we had come together this sun father relationship and its impact in creation's eager longing but more importantly God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts sent into our hearts what's that That's, that pump no it can't be right we know that it means the core of who we are it's the essence of who we are he has sent forth his spirit into our into our foundational amen everything that we are the core of who a being and this into this core of being what's doing crying Abba Father amen this longing for this relationship this union this fusion this this coming together to being one together of participating in the divine nature amen Abba, Father, the fullness of this relationship becomes our greatest focus, our greatest joy, our greatest glory. He's not the currency. Amen? He's the reality. He's the reality. There is no heaven without Him. There is no real joy without Him. There is no peace without Him. There is no direction without Him. him. He is the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. And No one comes to the Father but by Him. He is all. And, I, and in Him. And I get here in Him. I enter in to heaven's glory. Yeah, yeah. That touch and something powerful takes place. The greatest and most beautiful enjoyments becomes the union of image, spirit, and nature, infused.